Welcome to the Tech Diva Success Podcast. This is a short weekly podcast that focuses on tools, processes, and best practices that truly fuel success for women in technology. We thank you for tuning in, and we hope you walk away with at least one best practice that will help you level up personally or professionally. What can you take action on that will make you 1% better? This show gives us space to grow that amazing potential you have inside of you by bringing you guests from all walks of life and allowing them to share their success secrets with you. I'm your host, Nicole Scheffler, and I consider myself a tech diva with over 15 years experience in a technology career. And I'm committed to sparking tech diva success with my collection of various books, podcasts, and projects, including our other podcast, the Diva Tech Talk podcast, which is all here to inspire you and is dedicated to women in technology. I know you're going to love it. So on with the show. Welcome to Tech Diva Success back again. And you know, I'm going to say it. I'm on fire for our guests today. We're going to talk about information diet, startups, wealth. Philip Topham is the savvy founder, as well as an armchair sociologist. And he's not really agreeing what Silicon Valley's done right, <laughs> but he does yield from the land of nerds. So he is a fellow nerd with me, and he does have some great wisdom for the tech divas out there. So, Philip, welcome to the podcast. Welcome. I'm glad to be here. Looking forward to it. Looks like uh, I've had a few conversations with you. You're wonderful. You're always energetic. I love that. And uh, the tech diva extraordinaire. (laughs) Well, you look pretty cool. You've got to make sure you're checking out the vodcast view of our show because Philip has a very fancy web background to the Zoom call. So we do broadcast all of our shows on YouTube via video. So just FYI, if you're not catching it um, over the audio version, or you can hear our beautiful voices, then you can also check us out over on YouTube. But now that that's out of the way, we can just dig right in because I know you have some great things to talk about, starting with one of my first and favorite topics, actually. Um, Well, who doesn't love wealth? We'll save the best for last. But information diet. Welcome to the world of getting fat on the scroll. So let's talk about it. What success tips do you have for our divas out there losing, wanting to lose some pounds in their information diet? Yeah, information. Yeah, I can't help but notice, you know, you go on your computer in the morning, you got 10,000 emails and there's Instagram popping at you. You need to do this and you do the Google searches and you see all the results and you get the top 10 tips for this, the top 20 for that. And, and it's, it's remarkable. Everywhere we go, this is the new information age and you can just pig out on so much information. It's just like an all you can eat or you can eat buffet. And I like to think of the internet with all these options. It's just like that. You can pig out. You can overconsume, overeat, just eat too much. I really suggest that people really think about it a little bit more, right? You know, instead of just consuming everything, figure out what you want to digest. Take a little bit of time. It's okay to ignore some of that stuff and, and, you know, digest it. And most important, you know, know what you like and, and listen to what you like. You know, like 
tune into the Tech Diva. You know, if you like it, tune in. You know, it's okay. You don't need to listen to the other 10 million podcasts. You're not missing out. You're getting good stuff. The, the other thing is once you kind of look, figure out what you like to digest, you should reflect on it, right? There's a lot of pearls, wisdom, uh, nuggets, mental models. There's tons of information out there. But if you don't learn to digest, it just is like snacking on potato chips. You got to figure out what you like, listen to it and make it part of your routine. Hang it on your tree of knowledge, make it so you can really remember it. And my last, so it's consume, digest, reflect. But the last tip is you practice it by connecting your ideas with somebody else. If you've learned something really remarkable, then you should share it with somebody. And when you share it, it anchors it in your knowledge base so that you really can shortcut. You know, that's why those there's tips and mental models because they become easier over time. That's one of my best tips for how to get through the day of too much information with the, with the YouTube. Yeah, it's definitely about mastering the technology you need. <laughs> Needless to yeah. say, we all have goals asking yourself, why am I doing this? Is this adding value? Is this part of my diet? You know, you shouldn't go for the cookies. So one cookie is okay, but eating the whole jar of cookies is like scrolling yeah. Facebook all day. Exactly. And there's, there's a tip that, there, you know, one of the things that I see people do with that racing through information, they have something to read and they race through it. And there's a way to race through it, but still digest it. And what I call it is use the 80-20 rule. So you race through it and anything that causes you to go, hmm, you highlight it. And you go, then you go, you, your goal is to race through it as fast as you can and highlight the things that go, hmm, highlight it. Those are the things that caused you to want to digest them, digest and reflect those pieces. So that's another way you can use that consume, digest, reflect, and then connect by sharing it with people. Yeah, absolutely. I was going to talk about how we hang things on the tree of knowledge. <laughs> and I think that's the great example. Oftentimes as well, I'll read a book. And I will write all the notes on the back page or cover of things that pop out so that when I pick up the book again, I don't even have to flip through the book. I can go to the marker on the back. Or if I'm listening to something like Clubhouse and I find something that's very uh, enlightening, I have a notebook now just for knowledge. So I guess that's my tree of knowledge, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and you have the shortcuts and you probably go back and look at them once in a while. And that reinforces you have, we do all these habits, but if we don't go back and practice them, then they don't stick with us. And that's all about the diet and the really eating things, you know, feed your mind, you know, really feed your mind. That's what it's about. And the rest will follow. <laughs> all right. So I love how we are tapping into your different trees of knowledge today. So to start with that, is really a great time for all of our tech divas out there to really evaluate your information diet. Uh, there is an app on most iPhones that I know about where you can actually quantify the amount of time you're spending in different apps. Maybe you turn that on and just take a look and see if that goes with the healthy habits that you want to have. So let's move on. I know you have a tree of knowledge around startups and evaluating if you should work for a startup. A lot of our tech divas may come from corporate America, may be looking for a startup or might be looking to come into the field of tech. So what can you share with us from your tree in that area? 
Yes. Uh, as you know, I work with a lot of startups and I help a lot of founders with their business. There's a couple of things that when they first come, it just drives me bonkers. And one of the things is they, they think that you can go into a coffee store with an idea, uh, back of a napkin, you walk away with $5 million. You know, it, it's just this weird myth that I don't know where it got started. And I really uh, find that those, those early stage entrepreneurs don't understand what a startup really is. And that's something that your, your detectivas really need to understand. If they're going to go work for a startup, is it a real startup? Or are they falling prey to what I call the Silicon Valley $5 million myth, right? It's probably with inflation, it's probably 10 million. Elon Musk wants to have it more. <laughs> Not everybody can be like that. What I want to say is they, the, the founders tend to pitch that when they go raise money, they tend to pitch their idea like they fall in love with it. This is the greatest thing. This is going to be the next Jetsons, uh, hovercraft, personal storage device, auto secretary, you know, everything. You know, it's going to be your information download and, and, and solve the world's problems. And really, pitches are meant to pitch to an investor that it's a great business. There's enough people like the idea that they're going to use it. And then more importantly, they're going to pay for it. And enough people pay for the idea to have a business model that makes money and pays for everybody's salaries. So if you're a tech diva and you're evaluating somebody, you should ask them for their pitch. And their pitch should be a business model. If they've got a business model, then they probably can make a business. If all they've got is an idea or this is going to be great and they're selling the tech, which is lovely. I'm a tech guy. I love tech. I mean, I've got so many apps on my phone that I'm always trying to see what's better productivity, but you need a business model. So ask them what their pitch is. If they pitch the tech, run away. If they pitch the business, then they pitch the tech. Now you can have a conversation and really investigate whether that's something you love. So that, that's my, my quick tip for that. Very wise, especially for my clubhouse pals out there. You may see or hear an idea in some of the pitch rooms that are very popular on that platform. Uh, you could be tempted to go work at one of these uh, startup companies. And that is such a great point. Something as simple as knowing the business model canvas, which is an easy searchable tool, asking some of those questions. How are you going to market? How are you making money? Uh, what's your unique value proposition? Those are the real things that matter. So that's very, very wise of you. You are such a savvy founder. Well, thank you. Yeah, it's it's more than just uh, getting the, the all-you-can-eat food at the uh, company cafeteria and uh, foosball and all that. It's do they really, you know, and the corporate culture is wonderful. I'm not knocking corporate culture. You want to work with people you love, but will it get off the ground? That's more important. And do they have the, are they savvy enough, the founders savvy enough to pivot and find that business model? That's part of what you're doing. I know I didn't introduce you with a really uh, long bio, but I mean, that's really the heart of what you're trying to do with the savvy founder, right? Is help these napkin pitchers kind of up their game. Tell us a little about that. Yeah. So exactly, you know, in, I've been in Southern California all my adult life with a few, with a few years in Silicon Valley. Uh, and I've seen so many ideas and so many people do things. And it really tore me apart to see them 
you know, spending their savings or jumping on an idea and thinking that they had it dialed in. Like I've seen people build software first before making sure it was what the customer wanted. And so I, I've always given back to help those businesses succeed. And I've, I've become a person uh, with all the technologies I've done, I'm able to think both in the box and out of the box at the same time. I can see those tricks that people have. And so when people fall prey to pitching a product, I see that instantaneously. And when they're pitching you know, unique, you know, unique uh, selling proposition, a unique value proposition, I can tell whether it's going to make uh, make sense or not. So that's what I do. And I do it really, I do it with heart. <laughs> you can say you're savvy. You're savvy with it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yep. I am the savvy founder. And I love, I love, I love helping people. I, I like the, I like helping them bring tomorrow's future today. You know, if, if you're somebody that wants to repair diesel engines for the rest of your life, you know, that'll be great, but they're not going to be here. We're going to be no combustible engines. We're going to be having all electric vehicles and something else, renewables and the next generation, whatever's coming down the pike, be prepared for it. So wonderful time. Yeah. I'm quite the futurist myself. So I love the bleeding edge stuff, but there's a difference between bleeding edge and, oh, yeah. you know, reality. Yeah. Leading yeah. Yeah, the, I call that the, the bound of possibilities versus the bound of boundary of imagination. I love the boundary of imagination, but it has to be real. I'm the pre, you know I'm pragmatic that it has to have a business case, right? You know how long did it take for us to get electric cars, right? They they used electric batteries back in tractors and made them run on electricity, but it it wasn't powerful enough. It's taken us sixty years to get an electric vehicle. Yeah, and who knows what the next sixty years will bring. Life longevity. I'm, I'm looking for longevity and biotechnology, machine learning, and AI is going to be phenomenal. Yeah, me too. I'm ready to crypto freeze my body so I can come back and keep podcasting till the year 2300. Oh, crypto freeze <laughs> and put your cryptocurrency so that it's uh, the cryptocurrency is worth a ton more. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Freeze me and my Coinbase. <laughs> All right. I want to talk about a third and final nugget that you have that I know is really powerful for our tech divas around the ability to increase our wealth without necessarily having to maybe fundraise. Talk us a little bit about that. Yeah, this idea came from the startups themselves, right? The number one thing startups come to me for is help me with the pitch deck. We need money. I want to raise money. And if they're raising money at that point, they're leaving a lot on the table because the Shark Tank investor, venture capitalist, is going to ask for a lot of equity in the business and take a big chunk. But if you go to them proving that you have customers, proof of customers, proof of revenues, or things like that, you know you can negotiate. And so, how do you do that? It's well, I looked at the people they have their personal feasibility space, what they have. And the one thing they all have, they have two ears and a mouth. They can listen, but they can also speak. And that's the thing about the social, what I'm going to talk about next is building your social capital. We've all heard the term, it's not what you know, it's who you know. But I always like to say, it's more important who knows you. And lastly, who's talking about you when you're not in the room? right? When you come up for a job promotion and somebody's talking about you and you're not even there, that's what you want. And that's social capital. That's putting money into your piggy bank to 
build those social relationships so that you're always giving so that when it's time, you can take out of your wealth. And the more connections you have, the more people know you, the more people can talk about you. And everybody can do that. It doesn't require you to be born to rich parents. It just requires you to really think about who do you want to know? Who's the right person to know? I'll use it in the terms of um, the startups. You know, I say ideas are worthless. Revenues are priceless and surround yourself with smart people. And so if you're building a business in, uh, we've been talking about electric cars, you know, who would be a perfect person in electronic cars, electronic cars, electrical engineers, maybe people with battery technology. So LinkedIn tells you all of those people. You can use LinkedIn, start talking to them, meeting in, in uh, chat rooms, talking to them. Clubhouse is great for all sorts of technology there. Facebook as well, Instagram, you know, you can connect with people and build relationships. And people struggle with this because they think that's networking. And what they really are, are wanting to do is put it, treat it like a game. Like if you give something, then you get a point. If you keep getting enough points, then you eventually you can take out. But how many people have had their, you know, their uncle John who seems to always come over when he's needs something and he's borrowing something. He's always a taker. Well, you don't want to do that with your social capital. You build it. And so that's something anybody and everybody can do. It's a bit like a piggy bank and just put in, pay it forward, and it pays back. As, you know, Maybe we can call it net worthing. No, yeah, net worthing. That, that is actually, I like that. That's pretty good. I like we that. may have just created a new startup on the show. So... There we go. <laughs> yeah, well, if, yeah, yeah, you know, Salesforce, you know, if Salesforce is listening, we can uh, we can redesign their entire um, or any of the CRM systems, redesign the way they do networking with net worthing. <laughs> it's all about that two-way exchange. Like you said, it's not just putting someone in your Rolodex, grabbing a business card. Who doesn't have a pile of business cards just sitting there from an event? I'm always thinking about what I can offer them. So unless I take action on that two-way exchange and bring something back to them, then I don't get those positive points, like you said, because it is about creating value-added relationships, just like a product, right? Just like some kind of startup product. There's something that, that goes back to the, the first thing, the consume, digest, reflect. A lot of times we meet somebody and we're just consumed it. Like we met them, we shook their hand, we took their business card and that's it. Like we didn't actually think about them, what they need. And that's the, that's the part about building your social net worth thing. I, I like that, is you've got to think about what they need. I, I, for example, I, I do a lot of networking, especially with startup founders. A gentleman had a software and he was describing a software and it was at the point where he really needed to make it easier for his user base. And I said, oh, so you need to make the software self-educating. And I and he says, yeah, that's exactly what we need to do. Well, most of the times that could be the end of the conversation, right? But to pay it forward is what I then did is went to the internet and said, here's how I would solve your problem for you. You know, I would go to the Google, I would look up a framework, I would look up what self, you know, how to do those nuggets. I wrote up a nice email. Do you think that person 
he, I got back a two-line email, fantastic, thank you, exclamation point. Absolutely wonderful. Do you think that person will remember me in 30, 60, 90 days? Absolutely. That's what, that's what it means to build social networking. Um, so, cool. Yes, your social net worth. Go, let's go networking. So, speaking of networking, I think you have a lot of value. Your experience, your journey today, you've been at many organizations in the Valley. You are a technologist always. And now people can connect with you. Tell me a little bit about who should connect with you and how. Yeah, anybody that wants to really embrace tomorrow's future, bring tomorrow's future today. So those existing businesses that are trying to really figure out how to leverage the technology and build their business, their bottom line, and embrace the change of the tsunami of change. Those are perfect people, as well as those folks that are excellent in their career, they're wanting to start a business. They're they're how do I put together that team? Those are perfect people as well, because I can help with them avoid those mistakes and help them keep their hard-earned dollars. And so, yeah, they can connect with me at uh, Philip. that's Philip with one L, at the thesavvyfounder.com. I'm also available on LinkedIn. Reach out to me and I'll connect. Yes, as always, we do create a beautiful article about you and include that on our blog. My final words of wisdom is everybody has something to teach and everybody has something to learn. My logo, when I saw the path, I immediately resonated with me because life is just one little journey from the time you're born to when you're put in the ground. It's a step forward. And as long as you're you know, taking a step forward, you can have all the pretty sights you can see. So take the steps forward, engage with people, engage with the world. It's a phenomenal, fantastic place. Don't go hiding. That's my best advice is don't hide, embrace. And, you know, it's, it's pretty fantastic out there. I love that. The themes of being intentional with your time here by being on the information diet, giving, that's what it comes down to. If you're out there networking and talking to people and building it, it's about giving. I'm sure you would be happy to help many people try to figure out if they needed to take that next step in the startup world or not through some type of consulting or even just a friendly email because you seem really nice. And all of those things come together to make what is really my mission statement. And I assume part of yours is to make the most out of every day, make the most of it out of every step on that path. Oh, absolutely. Life is phenomenal number of journey uh, experiences. You know, it, it, on one of my journeys, I jumped out of a perfectly good airplane. So <laughs> because I wanted the experience because it's wonderful. I love all the new ideas for startups as well. And they're passionate about them. And if I can help them forward. Then. Well, you have a real zest for life, which I really appreciate. And it's a beauty of this show is bringing so many diverse people who all have this interwoven uh, thread of technology and success. And these were super helpful helpful tips, super helpful tips. So thank you again so much. It was a pleasure having you. Thank you again for coming on the show. I appreciate you. Thank you very much. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. Thank you, Nicole. Great to see you till next time, Philip. Until <laughs> next time. Bye-bye. Bye.
Thank you again for listening. And we really hope this sparks something in you that you can use to manifest more success in your life. Please give us a rating or review. We would love to see how the show has inspired you. You can also connect with Tech Diva Success on Twitter, Insta, and Facebook. We're very easy to find under that name. And we hope this episode was fire for you.